The Natural Man podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of The Natural Man Podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of The Natural Man Podcast. This is The Natural Man Podcast. Welcome to another edition of The Natural Man Podcast. I'm your host, Mike C., And this is an exploration into health, wellness, and discovering new ways to improve one's vitality. And we do this through a variety of different ways. We've explored a lot of different things in different episodes, uh, all pertaining to human wellness. There's so much to this paradigm that it's it's difficult to cover in even several topics. Uh, And there's so much more we want to get into. It's not just medicine and and supplementation and nutrition. We've looked at uh, things that are of cognitive challenges, uh, things we deal with on a mental level like PTSD. We have a a two-part series that we had done uh, a while back that you can check out in a a past couple of episodes where we discuss the effects of PTSD and and, uh, creative and new ways to try to fight it and overcome it. So there's just, we've just scratched the surface on wellness and there's so many different things we still plan to dive into with this podcast. So we really appreciate you being here um, and taking this journey with us. We're, we're learning new things just as hopefully all of you are. And uh, you know, we're just hopeful that it will be to your benefit um, as, as our listener and supporter. So thank you for being here. Thank you for checking us out. Um, Today, we're going to talk about ashwagandha. Uh, Ashwagandha is also known as Indian ginseng. It's something I've used for a number of years, and I'll get into that just in a bit. But what ashwagandha is, is it's a shrub that is grown in parts of India, the Middle East, and Africa. Uh, The shrub is green. The flowers are small and green. And when ripe, the fruit is like a reddish-orange color. And it's been used in traditional Indian medicine uh, for a long time, and it has demonstrated a very wide range of biological effects that have been studied. And we're going to share some of that information with you in the show notes, so we hope you can uh, check that out. Um, It's shown properties that are anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, anti-diabetic, antimicrobial, anti-arthritic, anti-stress, anti-protective, cardioprotective, hepatoprotective, and immunomodulatory. Um, If that's not an extensive list, I don't know what is. Um, It's demonstrated its effectiveness in normalizing subclinical thyroid disease in some patients, Uh, although I will mention that I had previously suffered from subclinical hypothyroidism, and I tried taking ashwagandha, and it did not resolve my thyroid issues, so I thought it would be important to note that. But um, it has shown promise in 
helping people's hypothyroid conditions in other cases, and it's been well documented. So don't take my word for it. Um, check it out and do your own homework. Of course, we'll have show notes included with this episode. Uh, there is a study that I will post specifically on hypothyroidism in the show notes, and it was uh, conducted in a hospital in Varanasi, India, where they did an eight-week treatment protocol using ashwagandha in subclinical thyroid patients, and it showed promising results. So very key, um, as hypothyroidism is a rampant uh, disease that a lot of people deal with in this day and age. And the dosing in that study was 600 milligrams per day. Um, you can read up more on that in the show notes. Another study examined 50 adults who experienced mild cognitive impairment, and they were treated with 300 milligrams of ashwagandha twice daily, uh, same dosing as the previous study, and it was for a period of eight weeks also. And after the study was concluded, uh, after eight weeks, the treatment group showed significant improvement in cognitive function over the placebo group. So uh, that'll be in the show notes as well. And there are literally over 1,000 reputable studies available online showing the research and benefits in ash, uh, of ashwagandha. Uh, it's important to note that it has been used for centuries, and many practitioners who prescribe it believe it has a very high safety profile. Um, I first came across ashwagandha when a functional medicine doc gave it to me for some chronic stress issues that I was dealing with some years back. It was all part of an adrenal fatigue insufficiency treatment protocol, and I did find it to be beneficial, and I still use it uh, on occasion to this day. So I'm a firm believer in ashwagandha myself, and functional medicine doctors have been prescribing it for adrenal fatigue-related issues for many, many years now, and it is effective in tapering some of the harmful effects of chronic stress on the human body. And another reason this is beneficial is because uh, the vast majority of conventional allopathic doctors don't really believe in adrenal fatigue as a condition, uh, even though it can be clearly seen in uh, specialized labs like the saliva cortisol test, which I've taken in the past. And this test actually gives you a snapshot of your day and evening cortisol production throughout one day. There's four different uh, times where you check it, and it lines up and shows you, the result will show you your circadian biology uh, and how it, cortisol runs through your daytime. Um, it's interesting, and it's definitely something worth checking out if you're dealing with adrenal-related issues um, and just find a functional medicine doc that... Uh, uh, that uses that test. Ashwagandha is considered an adaptogen, and by that I mean that it's supposed to help the body adapt to stress and to exert a normalizing effect upon body functions under stress. There is literature that shows a strong correlation between ashwagandha intake and reduced cortisol levels, uh, which is a significant finding, and that study will be posted as well, so you can take a look at that if you'd like. And it's also been well established that elevated cortisol for extended periods of time can have adverse effects on a person's health. Uh, though cortisol is a needed hormone in our bodies, uh, having it in a constant elevated state is not beneficial for our overall 
well-being. And one example of that is sleep disruptions, which occur frequently when uh, cortisol levels are elevated at night, which they should not be. They go up in the day when you wake up, um, but they are supposed to taper down towards evening and be much lower when you go to sleep. If they're too high, you won't get to sleep. That's the problem with, uh, that's one way stress impacts sleep. So ashwagandha can be helpful in tapering some of the effects um, of elevated cortisol and the elevated cortisol itself. And that's an overlooked cause of insomnia in people who are chronically stressed. A lot of people are very quick to reach for the melatonin, but um, melatonin may not be the issue. We've talked about this in past episodes. There's so many um, different aspects of sleep and things that different things that disrupt it. Uh, nutritional deficiency, stress levels, um, bad light. There's there's many different things. So. Uh, cortisol is one issue that one can have that keeps them awake at night. Uh, again, they're supposed to be higher in the AM, and then and then as the day goes on, they lower. So as the day goes on, they should get lower and be at their absolute lowest during the evening hours, and that's what one way our bodies tell us it's time to go to sleep. Too much will keep you awake, and it's that, I've, I've had this before, it's that awful uh, wired but tired feeling. You're awake and you can't get to sleep, but it's not a good awake. You're tired, you're sleepy, you're groggy, but you just can't nod off. Your neurotransmitters are off um, and your your hormones are off. So uh, not fun, not a fun thing to be dealing with. And some of us work shifts that will counter that natural sleep cycle as well. We can break those cycles by staying up late, And everyone is different, but we are diurnal creatures by nature, not nocturnal creatures. We're not raccoons. We're not rats that are running around at night. We're supposed to be sleeping at night. And, um, you know, sometimes people's jobs and and lives do not always allow for that. You know, we need doctors working in ED departments at night. We need firefighters. We need police. Um, And, you know, God bless those people for doing the work that they do. Um, but, you know, it's tough. It's tough because the human body typically by nature prefers sleep at night. Ashwagandha can also modulate stress levels to better normalize cortisol. Uh, like I said, that study will be posted as well in the show notes. And this is why ashwagandha is a go-to supplement for those that are dealing with adrenal fatigue. Um, again, I've used it for sleep and stress over the years, and I've had pretty good results with it myself. And my understanding is it's not totally clear if ashwagandha's effect on sleep is only tied to its cortisol-lowering effects or if there's some other mechanism in place that's tied to the herb's sedating effect. Um, It does have a sedating effect, and it's a nice sedating effect. It's not super strong, but um, I've noticed that it... It helps me get sleepy when I'm uh, not able to get sleepy. And there is ample research that shows that it helps with insomnia in some people. And so uh, if one is dealing with sleep issues, it's definitely something they can explore with their functional medicine doc. As far as cortisol, adrenal-related benefits, ashwagandha is often compounded with other adaptogenic herbs Um, by a number of reputable supplement companies. So there's a lot of different ways to take it, and there's a lot of different formulations um, and combinations to take it. And 
so that's worth checking out. And yet research has shown that ashwagandha has even more benefits beyond adrenal health. It's also been found to be useful in neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's, Huntington's, and Alzheimer's. And of course, I'll also include a link to the study which uh, supports this finding. And Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Indian medicine, has revered this herb for generations. And because I have found this herb useful myself, I personally believe in it. It's very effective for a lot of different conditions, and it's well-studied. And when it comes to dosing, that really depends on the reason that you're taking it. So it's always wise. I always stress this, cannot stress it enough. Work with your function medicine, uh, functional medicine doc who can help you make sure that ashwagandha is right for you. But... But dosing is really dependent on why you're taking it. And there are some contraindications uh, to this herb that are important to note. Um, If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you should not take it. Uh, Kids under 12 should not take it. Anyone dealing with hyperthyroidism, that's where your thyroid's too ramped up and you've got that really low TSH uh, in your labs, it is not recommended for that. Um, for hemochromatosis, gastric sensitivity, uh, those who are receiving treatments with antidepressants uh, such as zolpidem, clonazepam, cetraline, and others, uh, the, those using sleeping pills, and those taking medications for hypertension or hypercholesterolemia, um, medical consultation is a must before taking ashwagandha if anyone is dealing with any of those uh, issues. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us. Uh, We'd love to have you on board. We're available on all major podcast platforms, and we typically do a new episode on the first and third Monday of every month. So do check out our other episodes, uh, leave a comment, um, and and drop drop us five stars if you believe in what we're doing. I don't know, maybe you don't, but if you do, uh, you know, give us that good rating. Um, we're trying to do some good in the world. We're trying to um, build people's knowledge base on wellness. And uh, again, we're, we're so glad you're here. Uh, this is the Natural Man Podcast. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, join us again. Remember, first and third Mondays of the month. My name is Mike C. And uh, until next time, stay healthy. This has been the Natural Man Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast for more episodes. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.